You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And hey, this football season has been a lot different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you've been watching this season, personally, I've kind of enjoyed that we've had a game every day of the week this year. We've had Wednesday games. We're going to have Saturday games coming up later. It's great. You don't have to wait a whole week for the next time you get to watch football. But whatever you have been watching for Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. And today on the Locked On NFL podcast, we got a double header of Monday night football to break down with Washington taking down Pittsburgh for their first loss of the season and Buffalo taking down the 49ers with ease. We're also going to preview a Tuesday night football game between the Cowboys and the Ravens and talk a little bit about that AFC East race, which is heating up. And then of course, because it is Tuesday, we have the Tuesday fantasy forum. Marcus Mosher is going to come in and get you ready for your fantasy playoffs. It's week 14. It is time. The stakes are high. So make sure you don't miss out on that, but let's start with Pittsburgh, Washington. Pittsburgh has finally lost and Washington sets themselves up for a run at the NFC East. The Washington football team beats Pittsburgh 23 to 17, handing them their first loss of the season in a grinding, bruising contest. I'm Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings here, as always, on a Tuesday with Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. And Ross, what do we learn about the Steelers from their first loss of the 2020 season? Oh, man, uh, this was, I think, as as Jim Ross would refer to an absolute slobber knocker. Uh, in this game. There's, there's my reference. Um, I, I think that one of the things that you learn about Pittsburgh is simply that, you know, obviously that they are human, right? They can be beaten. They will not uh, right. challenge the Dolphins for the perfect season. However, you know, every opponent watches this game now. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I think that that's one of the things that's going to be really interesting is to see how many people turn, how many teams turn to see what it was in particular that Washington did to pull out this victory because Washington played a very good game. Uh, you know, forgive me for saying so, but I think maybe we learned more about Washington than maybe mm-hmm. we learned about Pittsburgh. Right. And if you are a future opponent of, of Pittsburgh and you're going, well, how do I replicate Washington? I think a lot of it has to start with a really good front four. You have to mm-hmm. be able to get pressure with four. And that's a lot easier said than done. That's kind of like saying, well, you have to just protect the quarterback. And it's like, well, you know, <laughs> if you're not good at that, then that can't exactly, that's not a strategy. That's just, you right. should be good at that part of football. Uh, but that, that's really a, a big part of how Washington was able to kind of keep Pittsburgh, uh, from, from running away with this thing when they were having other problems on their offense. And, you know, Antonio Gibson goes out with a toe injury in this one, right. but I think the, the just really good play all over their defense and a few really good fourth down stops or a ton of fourth and one stops yeah. in this game, uh, <laughs> on both sides of the ball. But really the, uh, the, the way I think Washington managed to do this was with pressure with front four cover well beat guys one-on-one and it really sets them up to be like a competitive entity in the NFC. And we didn't think one of those was going to come out of the NFC East, but now if they can make a run at this division, you've got a playoff experienced quarterback with Alex Smith and you've got a defense that can play that can go toe to toe with anybody. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be really interesting to continue to watch the NFC East and this playoff picture continue to unfold. 
Uh, Washington's done a really good job here. They've scored uh, 20 plus points in six straight games now, which is a, a good turn for them. And Alex yeah. Smith being, of course, a big part of that. Antonio Gibson coming along, being a big part of that. And then, of course, Terry McLaurin as well. And mm-hmm. now, according to our friend uh, Aaron Schatz over at Football Outsiders, the NFC East odds of not having a team with a winning record have dropped from 84.2% to 50.6%. So eventually, or, or, or I guess now moving forward, this NFC East battle has gotten more interesting to watch for all the right reasons at this point to see which one comes out on top as the winner and, uh, and earns that playoff spot. Yeah, right. You know, you have the Giants that just ripped off four in a row. Now you have Washington, who's won three in a row. And even Philadelphia and Dallas, as much as they're reeling, they're only a game and a half out. That's not eliminated by any stretch of the imagination, though you wouldn't uh, call them favored. Uh, Suddenly, you know, I think and I think preseason, we kind of saw this as a two horse race between Philly and Dallas. And we thought Washington and the Giants were both kind of in rebuilding years. Uh, And now look who's who's at the top. It just goes to show you what can happen in the NFL. Yeah, you never know. I mean, it's any given Monday, I guess, in this instance. <laughs> any given Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and I think, you know, that's one of the things that we have to look at, too, is, you know, just sort of looking at the the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't really have much of a reason at this point to be concerned with the Pittsburgh Steelers at all based on this loss. This was just a great game played by Washington. And we have to remember, too, that Pittsburgh was kind of coming off of a weird week as well coming mm-hmm. into this Monday night game. Right. And I mean, a short week, right? It's it's as if they had to play like on a you know Thursday night rest schedule and stuff. And they were pretty upset about having to play three games in 12 days or whatever. But that's what happens right. anytime you play like on a short week and a Thursday night thing. It just happened Absolutely. to be a little bit differently ordered this time. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I yeah, I, I think the, the way the Steelers played, like, listen, they're fine. The playoff race gets really interesting because now they're tied with the Chiefs. Right. Right. Uh, but they do have at, at least as it stands now, they do still have the tiebreaker over the Chiefs. So right now they still stay in that one seed. It gets a little bit more interesting now. And now you don't have that weird 16 and 0 juju that can kind mm-hmm. of mess things up. Or even 15 and 1 juju is now a little bit less scary if you right. drop one more here. Um, and and you know, players can kind of focus less on the narrative and more on the on, on the game that's in front of them, uh, in front of them, which I, I know sounds kind of weird, like you would want to win more games, but I think it is kind of a thing. Players talk about like, yeah, it totally got in our heads and stuff, and at least you don't have yeah. to worry about that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, for our second Monday night football game of the day for this one, uh, the San Francisco 49ers now lose a ton of leverage after dropping the game to the Buffalo Bills, 34 to 24. And what looked like a pretty easy game for the Buffalo Bills. But then you turn around and look at the San Francisco 49ers now five and seven in the NFC West. I don't mean to be presumptuous here, but I feel like San Francisco's season is pretty close to over at this point. I mean, yeah, they, they have seven losses. And their upcoming games, they've got to go play Washington, who we mm-hmm. just built up a whole bunch. They can go toe to toe with anybody, right? They got to play the Cowboys. Uh, they then they play at Arizona and against the Seahawks. They probably have to run the table on that stretch yeah. to be nine yeah. and seven to have a shot to be in the NFC playoffs. They have to do it with Nick Mullins. And you've got two six and six teams ahead of you mm-hmm. in the Vikings and the Cardinals. Both of those teams currently have tiebreakers over San Francisco. So the road to the playoffs means not only winning out, but getting a lot of help. And we have four games left to need help. The amount of permutations that actually get the Niners in there kind of getting thinner and thinner. And they all sort of involve the 49ers figuring out a way to beat teams that are better than them with Nick right. Mullins. And they blew two coverages in this for easy touchdowns. Yeah. You know, I, to flip it over to the Bills, they kind of put together a B minus effort in this one and they won comfortably, which is really yeah to think when they have their a plus effort what they can do to someone 
Yeah, I feel like this this Buffalo Bills team, I mean, they're they're pretty clearly the third team in the AFC. We just talked a little bit about the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Kansas City Chiefs. It feels like right behind them are the Buffalo Bills, but if they're able to put together like you mentioned a, a, a you know a, a maximum effort games where they're not just taking advantage advantage of opportunities that are set forth in front of them. This could be a team that makes a really good run throughout the playoffs here over in the AFC side now winning only their second Monday night football game since 1999. Granted, they've only played in 10 during that time. You know, Buffalo wasn't a Monday night favorite, but two and eight over (laughs) those games. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that this is a big time turnaround for the Buffalo Bills and, uh, it's just working on a couple of different phases for them because the defense has shown up and played pretty, pretty well here recently. Tredavious white, one of, if not the best young corner in the NFL, uh, uh, Josh Allen came out and had a fantastic game in this one. And if they're able to continue that momentum, they're a dangerous team going into the playoffs in the AFC. Yeah. The, the Leslie Frazier defense is playing well, Josh Allen playing out of his skull. They're starting to get a little bit more MVP buzz. I still think Patrick Mahomes is kind of running away with that. Sure. Uh, but you know, there's, there's still like the, these performances he's getting in the conversation, right? He's playing well. I mean, this mm-hmm. is a very complete team. They have a good core of weapons. They they're playing well. They're protecting. I mean, they're, they're doing everything, you know, where if you're preparing to play this Buffalo team, it's kind of hard to figure out where you attack them because they, they do kind of have like a very complete roster Re- reasonably healthy enough for, I mean, for 2020, as healthy as you can expect going into uh, to a December, January stretch here, they're going to make some noise. Yeah. So we had a little bit of everything on Monday night between the Buffalo Bills and the uh, Washington football team, both trending up. Pittsburgh kind of, you know, they lost their first game, of the season, fine, but yeah. they kind of <laughs> stay exactly where they are. But then you have the San Francisco 49ers trending down. And later on today, we have even more action for Tuesday night football as we get to the Baltimore Ravens and the Dallas Cowboys. One of those teams really, 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 I guess really both of these teams very much affected by a loss. But one of these teams in particular needs this win on mm-hmm. Tuesday night football. So we'll get to that here in just a moment on today's episode of Locked on NFL. You've got myself, Ross Jackson, and Luke Braun with you. We want to let you know that thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch the season, And for that matter, no matter when you watch, whether it's a Tuesday night, a Wednesday afternoon, or a Christmas night, Pepsi is a refreshment to get you through and allow you to power through any game day. That's our game. That's going to be a big one Uh, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. All right. So there's a lot of playoff picture talk that's going to kind of happen here for the rest of the season, but maybe you uh, aren't a fan of the team that is relevant to this. Maybe you're a fan of the Bengals or the Chargers or even the Jets, and it's all about draft season. And if that is you, then make sure you tune in tomorrow where uh, Tony Wiggins and James Rapian will bring in somebody from the locked on draft stable of analysts to talk about the draft every week on Wednesday during the regular season. You can get your draft fix. They're also going to be recapping this Tuesday night, uh, this this Tuesday night later in the day game between the Ravens and Cowboys. So this game right out of the line uh, from betonline.ag is Ravens minus eight and a half. 
And they're favored pretty well because the Cowboys are in deep despair, right? Right. But this is a huge game for both teams. You know, I mean, the Cowboys, I don't know. A lot of Cowboys fans are probably more in that draft category trying to listen for tomorrow's show maybe. But uh, for the Ravens, there is a ton riding on this game because they can't really afford to fall to six and six either with right now the wild card seeds in the AFC nine and three Cleveland Browns eight and four Miami Dolphins eight and four Indianapolis Colts you can't fall two games out of the playoffs with four to go if you're the Ravens this is huge for them they got to take care of business yeah absolutely and the good news for them is that the matchup is mostly positive right the Cowboys giving up historically the most points per game so far this season with 32.6 the most in NFL history presently and a good matchup for Baltimore in that Dallas is allowing 156.4 rushing yards per game which is most the NFL and Baltimore before this week right and that it was the uh, number three team in the NFL with 156 point I'm sorry 157.6 rushing yards per game now Baltimore much like Pittsburgh, though, coming off of a weird week, right, in terms of the schedule Mm -hmm. that they're accustomed to, and they'll have to get ready for a tight turnaround. But it's going to be really interesting because, as you mentioned, Baltimore needs to win this game. They can't afford to drop back to six and I'm sorry, to six and six and hit the five, their 500 mark, like them being five, seven and five puts them in a much better position mm-hmm. to remain competitive, not only within their own division, but just across the AFC all told. And then on top of that, you look at the number of injuries, the players that they have that they're missing, uh, you know, several players that are, have been missing over the past few weeks because of the, the COVID incident that they had, the, the master right. spread that they had. And then now you have, you know, Lamar Jackson coming back, thankfully, but exactly. you've lost, you know, certain other players that have been injured all over the place. So it's, it's not the, uh, the greatest setup for Baltimore, but it feels like a must win, even though it's against just the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. And I mean, listen, uh, as a fan of the Minnesota Vikings, a 500 <laughs> team can lose to the Cowboys. That happens sometimes, you know. I mean, <laughs> have you it, seen it, that happen before? I can't. Never. Once. I can't relate personally. It's really uh, weird that the Vikings had two buys this week. It's or this year. It's really, <laughs> so strange. no. It's so you get you get Lamar Jackson back. That's huge, right? Um, and yes, they, yes, they had RG three play that game against the the Steelers. They played tough as tough as you could expect in that weird situation. Yeah. Uh, but they couldn't come out with that win. RG three is out with a thigh injury here, so they were looking at Trace McSorley coming in, and and then Ugh. anything can happen. But now you get Lamar Jackson. And if you can figure out what's been wrong with their offense all year, if ever there were a time you can figure it out, it's against these Cowboys and the poor discipline they've had, the mistakes that they've made, the players that have been right. disappointing. Um, you know, I mean, listen to Marcus and Landon on Locked On Cowboys. Yeah. They have all sorts of critiques about this defense, even though on paper that roster looks really, really strong. Um, it, this is the time to figure it out. And if they can't do that, then I don't want them in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, that's the other part of it too, is that Dallas actually does have something to fight for in this game. It's not just about playing spoiler, right? We're talking about Baltimore having something to fight for. Dallas has something to fight for too. We just talked about how the NFC East is actually becoming competitive for the right reasons. Dallas obviously wants to keep pace with that as best as they can. They're just in the awkward position. Could be a game out of first. That's right. Yeah. With a win just on this Tuesday night football game. It's it. There's a lot of stakes for both of these teams for sure. Right. The Cowboys could be a game out of first. They still got a game against the Bengals. They've got a game against these depleted 49ers. They've got a game against a depleted Eagles team and they wrap out the season against the Giants who are currently leading the division. So the Cowboys path to the playoffs is still very much alive. But there is one other thing I want to mention on this Des Bryant revenge game. 
Des Bryant revenge game. Throw up your X's, everybody. It's time. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about that. Saints I'm legend. Excited about that. Yeah, Saints legend Des Bryant. For those who don't know, Des Bryant signed with the New Orleans Saints for a day before rupturing at Achilles and not being able to play. It was very unfortunate. But glad to see him back in the NFL now and him traveling. To, well, not traveling to take on, but having his game here against the Dallas Cowboys. Really good point. It's all going to be a lot of fun to watch. And, and he's been getting in there. I mean, this is not like just some legacy thing where he gets like a, a target a game. Like he's he's been getting in there and, and actually like becoming a, a woven in part of, uh, of of the Baltimore Ravens. So that that game is going to be really interesting to break down. But listen, I'm fascinated with something that's going on here. I got to talk about it. I really want to talk about the AFC East, and the, the, oh. the race to the top for this AFC East, because we have these yeah. bills that are really impressive. We have these dolphins that are really impressive. Even the Patriots don't count them out quite yet. They're six and right. six and kind of surging with a relatively easy schedule coming out. Yeah. And just had a huge this is, win this past week, by the way. So, so what do you win. make? Absolutely. Yeah. 45 points statement <laughs> win. Uh, so what do you make of this AFC East? I think it's a, I think it's one of the more intriguing divisions along with maybe the NFC West, although the NFC West is starting to sort of trickle out a little bit. Uh, I, I look at the AFC East as probably the most intriguing division in football right now. We just talked about how strong the Buffalo bills are, but as you mentioned, I mean, there's two other teams here that have some potential to work up. You have Brian Flores allowing his Miami mm-hmm. doll working with his Miami dolphins roster and making that roster outperform the talent that's there. We had a uh, Since the day he got there. Absolutely. We had a conversation not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago about, you know, uh, coach of the year candidates. And we talked about Mike Vrabel because of them outperforming their roster over in Tennessee, although they just had a loss this week, but we also talked about Brian Flores in the same uh, conversation there because of that. And here he is turning this team around quite a bit. So uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think that Buffalo is probably still the favorite in the division, right? But Miami is definitely one that, uh, that is, is surprising a lot of people. I mean, they're, they're in this, but here's the take that I have because I'm really impressed with Buffalo right now, especially mm-hmm. just coming off of that game against San Francisco. Right. San Francisco was a middling team. I mean, that was not playing the Bengals, right? That was not playing the Jets where it, you should beat them by three scores. Right. San Francisco was a team that came coming into that game with playoff hopes, even with a backup quarterback. So they come in and effortlessly beat that San Francisco team. And a lot of things went wrong with San Francisco, but I thought Buffalo looked really, really impressive in this Monday night game, even though it wasn't their best effort. It shows what their best effort could be. Right. So the rest of their season is a tough one against the Steelers, but if they can uh, beat the Steelers at home, they go play in Denver. They play in new England. Those are both very winnable, especially they'll, I mean, they'll be favored in both of those games. And then they close this thing out against the dolphins. Here's my take. I think Buffalo has a division wrapped before that dolphins game. Ooh, I think they I, they're they're talking resting their starters unless seeding comes into play in that game. I I think that really Buffalo can can three and zero this um, if they can pull the upset against the Steelers. I think they can three and zero this, and I like the odds of that enough to plant my flag on this. I think Buffalo is done by week sixteen. They've got the AFC East wrapped for the first time in like two decades. Wow. So that would require a second loss by the Pittsburgh Steelers nearly immediately after dropping their first loss of the season. The blueprint has happened, and I do there. think Buffalo has the D-line for it. Buffalo's got the talent, right, exactly. I, I think that this still comes down to a Week 17 game for the for the AFC East between the Bills and the Miami Dolphins, but certainly we'll be able to talk about it when we get around to it because I think that a week 17 seeding game for the division between Buffalo and Miami. That's much watch TV. That's fantastic. You got to flex that one a Sunday night. Yeah. That's gotta be a Sunday night game. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely.
And, you know, Luke, we're talking about Buffalo, Miami, the playoffs all told. But for a lot of people, their playoffs begin this week, this upcoming week, because it's fantasy football playoffs. And we're got Marcus Mosher coming through from Locked On Dynasty to uh, talk to us a little bit about how to appropriately game plan for the playoffs in fantasy football. It's much, much different. And he's going to give us one player that maybe you can do without for the rest of the season and one player who's actually a top five quarterback that I'm very excited about. So we'll talk about that here in just a moment with Marcus. But whether it is your fantasy football matchup, whether you're the Buffalo Bills and it's the Miami Dolphins in your way, if you've got any kind of a wall, the best way to break it down is with our friends over at Built Go, brought to you by our friends as well over at Built Bar. Built Go, fantastic energy supplement, easy to take, one and a half ounce packages. It's an energy gel mixed with a collagen protein, which is fast absorbing, gets into your system super quick and is super easy on the stomach as well. And it also comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and you know, my favorite. Go ahead. Chocolate mint. It's chocolate mint, 100% chocolate (laughs) mint. It's basically five-hour energy, but without the same crash feeling because it's natural and better for the body. It also comes with all the things that you need to ignite your work, like beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine, B6, B12, 10,000% of your daily percentage. And all of that collagen protein we just talked about also promotes joint soft tissue, hair, and skin health. So it might be hard to do when it comes to me, but it does literally make you look better. (laughs) too. It's going to work a lot better for all of you than it works for me. Go ahead and visit them, builtgo.com. Use the promo code LOCKED. You're going to get 20% off of your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at builtgo.com. Let's go. It got so sultry. <laughs> it's a midnight jambalaya pop back out for that. <laughs> Everyone, the wait is almost over. The 2020 to 2021 NBA season is almost here, and the Locked On NBA podcast will get you ready with a special week of shows beginning December 14th. Get previews of every team, division by division, from all 30 of our Locked On local experts, plus waiver wire additions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, Rookies to Watch from Chad Ford, and predictions on each division from Rejecting the Screen. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your favorite podcasts. All right, welcome in, everybody, to the Tuesday Fantasy Forum and it's playoff season here. Now we're in week 14, which means these games are for everything. Seasons on the line. I got Marcus Mosher here, as always, with me, Luke Brown of Locked On Vikings, Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints, Marcus of Locked On Cowboys, Locked On Dynasty. And I guess I just want to talk a little bit more broadly about the playoffs. Uh, you know, if you are in your playoffs, you are luckier than I. <laughs> but if you're in your playoffs, I mean, what about what kind of strategies can we start to employ here? There's only two or three weeks left in the season. You know, can you start doing like start really hounding matchups a little more or do you just kind of stick with the team that got you there? First and foremost, if you made your fantasy playoffs in this crazy, crazy year, congratulations. It really took a lot of managing to get you to this point. Uh, so I want to just give you a, a shout out for that. Um, it's going to be difficult, uh, Luke, because we've got a lot of injuries out there. We've got some games that are on weird times over the next couple of weeks. So, uh, make sure you're doing all your research, but you asked me as we were talking before the show, how, how do you go with your strategy? Do you play the guys that got you to the playoffs? Do you play your best possible projected lineup? And what you're really doing is playing the matchups every week. Even if you drafted a guy, you know, high in the first round or the second round and they have a bad matchup this week, don't be afraid to bench them for a quote unquote lesser player if the matchup is beneficial. 
We're going to talk about quarterbacks here in a second because there's a lot of quarterbacks this week with some bad matchups that have been high scores. You really want to try to find the guys that you believe are going to have the best possible game and that are not necessarily just the high, you know, the biggest name players or the guys that have played, you know, scored the most points this season because that way uh, you end up chasing points and that's not how you, you win the fantasy playoffs. So one of the things that you mentioned there was guys that you draft high aren't necessarily the ones that have to carry you this late in the season if they have a bad matchup. Is there any player in particular that stands out as a potential guy that got drafted high that may not be the best option here throughout the fantasy playoffs? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let's talk about Clyde Edwards Solaire, right? I mean, in a lot yeah. of people's leagues, he was being a top five pick, uh, you know, and he's had his up and downs this year, but over the last couple of weeks, it's getting hard to trust him. And I think we're at to the point where uh, you can't feel great about him in your starting lineup. So uh, despite you spending a top five or six pick on him, uh, you got to leave him out this week. It's, it's sad to say, but there's just no way you can justify putting him in your lineup uh, after no touches this week against Denver, after 37 yards against Tampa Bay a couple of weeks ago, against a 14-yard game against the Panthers. Uh, he's just far too inconsistent right now. I kind of want to circle back to something else too with uh, with with the quarterbacks. You mentioned that there are a whole bunch of quarterbacks with mm. bad matchups. So who who should people be worried for? You know, I mean, who's playing the Steelers or who whatever? You know, who 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 is your quarterback where you're looking at? Hey, maybe I kind of try to figure out who has a better matchup than the guy who's been carrying me all year. Yeah, I think there's two. Uh, let's look at Deshaun Watson. You know, a guy that was drafted, you know, top five quarterbacks this year has really started to play well. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, despite no Will Fuller, uh, despite a Brandon Cooks injury. But he plays Chicago this week, and the Bears have a really good front seven. They should be able to get a ton of pressure on Watson, and I'm looking for him to, to not play particularly well in that game. And then there's Josh Allen, a, a guy that's you know in the top five or six of scoring this year for fantasy quarterbacks, uh, playing Pittsburgh in a Sunday night game next week. Uh, the Steelers defense is really good, and I know Josh Allen has the ability to make plays with his legs, but I'm really worried about him in this game, and I think there's other options out there that are better replacements for him this week. How valuable is that in 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 the the fantasy playoff realm? A quarterback finding a quarterback who can throw the ball, but also can make plays with their legs. Yeah, it's it's huge because you get that floor right. And in the case of Josh Allen, and again, the matchup is bad this week, but having somebody who can get you thirty. 40 rushing yards on the ground to give you a nice base of points is really comforting. Um, and that's why I like somebody like Taysom Hill with the saints this week in the fantasy playoffs. I know <laughs> you can't trust. I mean, I know this is Ross's favorite guy in the world, but I mean, he's become a really big fantasy asset and somebody who I think is going to help fantasy owners over the next couple of weeks. I can't tell you how, justified i feel <laughs> covering a top five fantasy quarterback knowing that this wasn't necessarily the case with drew Brees because he didn't have the the added mobility leg element yeah i mean we we've seen some decent drew Brees games this season but uh he only had one game in standard scoring leagues uh, above 21 points we've seen Taysom hill do that in two of the last three games so Drew Brees, without a doubt, the better real-life quarterback. Yes, but yes. when it comes to fantasy purposes, uh, Taysom Hill is a superstar. Marcus, we appreciate you coming through, man. Any other pieces of uh, 
of knowledge you want to drop going into the fantasy playoffs here before we let you out of here? Uh, again, guys, you get, make sure you're checking your schedules. Uh, there's going to be Saturday games coming up. COVID stuff has been moving all around. We have games on, you know, double headers on Monday night, Tuesday night games. Make sure you're checking in with your commissioner to see how you're handling all those changes. Uh, make sure you're setting your lineups. Make sure you know all your league rules when it comes to waiver wire claims because some leagues will not let you pick up guys in the playoffs. Some will. Make sure you know all those rules to use them to the best of your advantage. Good stuff, Marcus. We appreciate you, man. And don't forget, after you're done checking your schedules, to make sure that you put in time every day to check out Marcus over at Locked On Cowboys and, of course, the whole team of fantasy experts over at Locked On Dynasty Football. We appreciate you coming through, bud. Yep, thanks for having me. All right, y'all, don't forget Locked On NFL is here with you every single Monday through Friday. So the episode tomorrow, we'll have Tony and James covering and recapping the Tuesday night football game. It's exhilarating to say, but it's uncomfortable to say all at the same time, talking about a Tuesday night football game. But they'll have you covered on that front, as well as those of you that are already looking toward the NFL draft. They have one of our Locked On Podcast Network draft experts to get you set up for that. And of course, Luke and I will be back on Tuesday. Until then, go ahead and follow Luke on Twitter at Luke Brown on NFL myself on Twitter at Ross Jackson Nola and don't forget to drop a follow as well for locked on NFL pods keep up to date with everything going on here at the locked on NFL network we appreciate you being here and for tuning in to today's episode of locked on NFL part of the locked on podcast network your team every day